Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mindfulness. This is co-host Callum. And I'm your co-host, Felix. And let's be mindful. So, episode two, huh? Didn't think we'd make it this far. Thought we'd give up after one, right? <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't. I mean, it didn't turn out that bad. Could have been worse. I was surprised. I was happily surprised, might I say. Mm-hmm. Well, um, do you want to dive straight into today's topic? Or focus? Whatever we call it. Sure thing. Today we'll be talking about more or less the transition from high school to college. Our personal transition from being a teenager to now being young adults in a college life, more or less. <laughs> and how all that's been affected with COVID-19. Because as I'm sure many of our listeners have experienced, COVID has made it a lot more difficult to experience that transition. So let's talk about it. Of course. Now, what do you picture when you think about, you know, the supposed college life, especially back when we were in high school? So the way the way I pictured it in college life would be is back when I was applying to college, I wanted to dorm. I wanted to go to a big name school, all those things. So the way I saw it was, you know, wake up in your dorm. You get dressed probably in your college gear. And, um, you know, you head, off, you head off to class and it'd be super easy and convenient because class is right there. And especially being engineering students, I envisioned being in being in labs or at least being in rooms where I'd be working with my hands with electronics or whatever mm -hmm. the class would be on. And, um, you know, in my breaks, going to the library or perhaps going back to the dorm room, grabbing food, doing um, doing research and all that. And, you know, a smooth, a smooth, happy transition where everything would be set and orderly, no issues, moving on about the day on a beautiful college campus. That's what I envisioned. No, that's like only ever happens in movies. I, I, I don't Which know. Which now we know. <laughs> in New York, I don't think there's a single person who has that like perfect campus life with COVID or not, unless, you know, they're quite rich. Or abundant in resources in order to pay the 70k a semester or year for dorming. Um, I, I had a few more realistic expectations of that. I knew from the get-go that no matter where I went, I would have to commute. The real question was if I would be driving or taking the subway. So I've known from the get-go, hey, I'm going to need to get a decent sleep schedule, at least where I'm waking up early so I can walk to the train. Um, I'm going to maybe listen to some music, maybe do some studying on the commute, and then I'll get to campus, I'll walk around, I'll get to my classes, I'll have a beautiful time enjoying the vast, Na like honestly there's a lot of nature on campus and it's surprising, and, and it's all very historical and beautiful, and it's just that environment and the beautiful mesh of cultures that can be found in the city. It's just a wonderful spot to be in. And it's something mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it's still it's it's still the the cultural aspect can be represented a little bit in Zoom, but it's not really the same as when uh, I was on campus. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even socially, it's so difficult. You know, I feel like if we if we had gone to school normally, not remotely, then even with like someone like me who isn't an extreme social butterfly, I I think I still would have made a pretty decent amount of friends, especially through um through clubs and after school activities. You know, without with a lot of those being either remote or not happening at all, it's been a lot more difficult to meet people. And you know, hopping on a hopping on a remote class, everybody knows it's it's not ideal. You know. Most classes have everybody with their cameras off, mics are off. You know, sometimes a professor will say something, nobody will respond. 
It's and just not as intimate. Exactly. There's it's there's nothing there's nothing going on almost. It's just it's been stripped of its personality. There there's no there's no nice classroom. There's no nice lecture room. There's no professor that you're looking at and can ask questions face to face. Even with office hours, you know? Typically with office hours you'd have an intimate experience of going to your professor after class and then being in their office and you having that one-to-one help or maybe going with a couple of friends and having individualized help with your professor. Now even with that, it's it's been stripped away of its personality, which makes it a lot harder to motivate yourself to even attend these. I I can feel that. I've tried attending office hours and sometimes most of the time it's just to get to know the professor because I am a very social person. I can't find the motivation to be in class unless I can talk to my classmates, interact with them, bounce ideas off of each other and develop something. So sometimes outside of class, I continue asking the professor questions about what was in our class discussion that maybe just didn't get developed far enough for my taste. And it's just so awkward having to look for each other and myself through the computer screen, like not really understanding too much the body language, the tone of their voice, because it's all transmitted, you know, through a crappy laptop mic turned into ones and zeros and comes out my other end. And it's like, sometimes I wonder, is that even their true voice? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's especially because there are a couple times where like I'd have a class or two where um I'd sometimes have my camera on. And I'm sure a lot of us feel this, us more, us more self-conscious folk. Oftentimes we end up spending half the class just looking at ourselves and our own camera. Because maybe, maybe there's something in the background. Maybe our hair's not right. Maybe we're just being self-conscious and insecure for absolutely no reason. But it's absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> it, <laughs> it steers away attention from where you should be, you know, spending it through class. And I've definitely had moments where I'd have a morning class and I want to sleep and I can take advantage of it by being like, you know what? I can sleep through this class. And I'll just ask someone what the class was or ask the professor <laughs> what was the lesson about. Oh my God, Felix, I had in my morning class and the professor was one of those professors who like, if you turn off your camera, it's like, what are you doing? Where are you? And it's, I, I could not have my camera off and it was the first class of the day and at the same time i I feel for you man that sucks (laughs) yeah it it sucked but at the same time i i kind of appreciated it you know the professor like takes you out of your bubble that you could isolate yourself into and just be absent from the call and instead you know you're forced to be there show your camera and when you show your camera you kind of have something at stake and then if everyone's showing their camera i feel like that's the ideal zoom environment because you you can, yeah, I feel like you participate more when you have something at stake in the conversation, when you know you're being watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes what I do to cope with that self-consciousness is that uh, I turn my camera off. Not, 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 uh, I don't, I don't turn it off, but I mean like from the self view, if you go to your zoom window there's three little dots and you press on that, you can actually hide the self view. So you don't know what you look like to others. Which is scary Mm -hmm. because you can't really control how you look like in that aspect. But it's freeing in the sense that you kind of stop caring, hopefully. Like if you can forget about it, you know, because in real life, you also have the same choice. You you do what you can beforehand and you're not constantly looking at yourself in a mirror in class, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. It relieves a lot of stress and lets you focus on the class more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, yeah, I I gotta test that out because my school doesn't use Zoom because you know it's broke boys out here. You use Google Meets, right? Yeah, so I gotta see. Google Meets is slowly starting to adapt and become more like Zoom. I don't think it's fully there yet, but it's gotten pretty close. And the only benefit I'd say to it is its convenience with the Google ecosystem. Yeah, almost everyone has a Google account, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely has um the convenience aspect of it being from from Google. And you know, as much as I did clown on you for having to have your camera open on a morning class, even though it is a little less convenient, I I do really appreciate what that professor's doing 
that professor is putting in the work and caring and making sure that you're paying attention in class. And that is is something that we really need during this time, especially being in college and with some of the information that we're learning being a little bit more important, or at the very least, the grade that we're getting is a little bit more important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just on the little, I just want to wrap things up with that professor. You know, it's just having the full classes camera on, it's just as much for the professor themselves as it is for the class. Professors, they don't have a fun time, you know, looking at empty cameras and just names uh, while teaching. It's very demoralizing for them in this time. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I I had a professor who at the end of the cl- at the end of class, this was for my intro to engineering class. He he talked to us about so we all had our cameras off. And instead of telling us to t- turn our cameras on more often, because I'm sure he knew that students wouldn't want to do that. He was like, guys, like, uh, you know, for your future classes, turn your turn your um your profile picture into something fun. It does. It doesn't even have to be a picture of you, but it could be like a cat or Spider Man or something. Goku Just so that drip. way, when we're Goku with drip, <laughs> <laughs> so that way, when they'd be looking at those turned off cameras, at the very least, you know, he'd have something fun to look at, and I think that just shows the level of desperation that professors are starting to have from not seeing students it i'm sure from their perspective it feels just as mindless teaching with nobody physically there and with no cameras on and nobody participating they might as well just be teaching with nobody altogether yeah you know what you're right i myself am one of those who has just an empty black square so you know what let's be mindful let's put a picture maybe ourselves or just like a funny cat, you know, Goku of Drip. I've seen a lot of things from one of my courses. A student had uh, like Dr. Doofenshmirtz and it was absolutely hilarious. And that's just that's amazing. Yeah. And it boosts like class morale, but also I imagine professor morale if they get the reference. So, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's something I'm going to do. You, after get, you get a better connection with the professor. For sure. Uh, yeah. Professors, I definitely found value that little bit of participation a lot i remember for my politics class i spent i i had my camera on in the beginning because in the beginning i'm like ooh motivated for college i'm going to have a freaking bajillion point oh gpa and i had my cameras on for all the classes but once i saw that most of the people in that class did not have their cameras on i was like well there's no point in me having my camera on if nobody else does so i had my camera off for most of it and then towards the end of the class, I was concerned about my grade for the class. So, uh, and I also really enjoyed the professor, but I had no personal connection to the professor. So I thought to myself, like, okay, not only how can I, like, ensure a good grade in this class, but how can I connect with the professor? Because I can't see them in person. So I realized, hold on, if I open my camera, not only will that connect me with the professor, but... I'll I'll also have um you know how do I how do I word this like better participation you know better grade so I did you'll that you'll stand out and you'll the way I made out. it you'll stand out that's what I was thinking about thank you you'll stand out because nobody else is doing it so when I did it and the way I really stood out and made myself memorable to this professor to the point where there was no problem with this professor helping me out after class with essays and assignments was not only would I be one of the only ones to have my camera on, but I'd use funny backgrounds. Now, nothing inappropriate, but just stuff that's like, oh, that's a memorable background. So I started <laughs> doing that. And they're like, oh, you know, like, that's cool. You know, you don't have your camera on usually. And I was like, yeah, you know, I saw these backgrounds and I wanted to use them. So then from that point forward, for like the last month of class, I would have my camera on every time. And I would have a different background each time so not only did i get a better relationship with the professor that came memorable because it's like oh what background is he gonna have today and i noticed myself participating a lot more as well because i felt more involved i felt instead of feeling like i was just listening to a professor ramble i felt involved in the conversation because i was one of the only few including the professor with my camera on and i noticed 
that it was just me, my professor, and maybe two other students with their cameras on that were leading the conversation throughout the entire class. So without without even really thinking about it after that first initial camera turn on, I, I, my participation went up like crazy. And I ended up getting an A in the class. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, so definitely for, for us college students out there, I definitely recommend turning your camera on. I know for this semester, I'm definitely going to have a more initiative of doing that. The only way I see myself really not doing that is maybe if I'm in a class and like not even the professor has their camera on, then maybe I'll turn my camera oh. off. That but, happened to me. That happened to me during the summer. One oh, of the summer course. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Like, it's bad. It's, it's really bl- bad. <laughs> it, this may sound a little hypocritical coming from a student. But I really don't like it when professors don't have their camera. <laughs> you know what? How dare you? How dare have... <laughs> they not have their cameras on? Oh my god! Uh, it's it's just like the final nail in the in the Zoom coffin if the professor doesn't turn their camera on. You know, it's just it's gives, like they've completely given up. It just gives the students absolutely no motivation to be in class whatsoever. You know. Mm-hmm. you just spend the whole year wondering like you know what i know how they sound like but i lo- know literally nothing else about them and, you know as superficial as it i'm is, sure they feel about students yeah and as superficial as it is you know you want to get to know the personality of the professor and i feel like that includes their face you know for for me i'm someone who like can remember a face better than i can remember a name i don't know why but it's just the face is yeah the key visual aspect. learning is a big is a big thing Mhm mhm. Yeah. The faces I like how I form that identity of a person in my mind. It's how I correlate the two. For sure. So speaking speaking about all this, uh I'd like to tie this back into the little transition aspect cuz we spent like roughly half of our final year of high school during COVID meaning we had to deal with, you know, remote school and Google Meet and Zoom, all that good stuff. So I want to touch upon how was remote learning for you, Callum, during our final year of high school? Because I'm sure there's a lot of things different than college. Well, my courses that I had for my senior year was AP Calc, AP Physics, and then, you know, uh, several of the other normal classes, that, and we shared a few of them. Uh, they transferred, since it was just, you know, that first wave of remote learning, it's, it was the worst it could possibly be, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the first day, the first day of my AP Cal class was uh, absolutely amazing. You know, we all had our cameras, I was still making jokes, we were still learning. Then after that, slowly, one by one, we started turning our cam- cameras off. And we start because uh, Mr. never had it, his camera on. You know what? I'll bleep that out. Uh, we never had our camera on. And, you know, it was up to us students to ca- carry the morale. And it's just slowly but surely we just stopped caring, especially because our AP Cal class, as you know, was made of, of mostly individuals who didn't sign up for AP Calc in the first place. And mm-hmm. during that whole transition where a lot of we had a lot of students whose in, whose parents were very affected by COVID, they might have lost their job. There was a lot of deaths in our high school concerning father figures. It was a very demotivating time. And it's just no one really cared about the AP exam, especially after the fact that it was done, especially at that point. At that point, uh, the class just became useless. Ab- uh, like, absolutely. We learned nothing. We did nothing. Uh, like the work he assigned, though minimal, you know, no one wanted to do it anymore. AP physics, a little bit of the same. Our professor wasn't too technologically advanced, so what he would do was just go on Google Meets. He would post the link to another professor showing us. It was a nice, you know, university professor showing their thing in a class which they pre-recorded, and. You know, it was very easy to just skip out. You'll say, oh, I'll watch this tomorrow. I'll watch this later. Uh, and then weeks go by and you end up not learning a thing. 
and then the AP exam comes comes up and uh, you end up not doing so well because you spent your whole day just learning from YouTube videos, which might as well, you know, have not taken the course and just taken the AP exam by yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at that point. So, very unfortunate, very unfortunate. Gym class. Oh, gym class. How is how is gym class remotely for you? Oh, man, you know, I remember. I remember being in elementary school and maybe middle school and having book reports and lying about the books <laughs> that I read and the pages that I read every week and basically flip-flopping between the same two books every other week. And, you know, obviously I never read. I just wrote down stuff so I can get the grade. And that was exactly remote gym class. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the teachers knew it. The teachers knew it. <laughs> of course they did. They're not stupid. They're Even, like, you know, they know about all these remote shenanigans that we do. So you say 10 push-ups took you 30 minutes. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and at one point, I had teachers that cared a little more than the other teachers. And uh, they at least wanted our faking to be legitimate. So if we repeated the same exercise every day, they were like, nope, nope, we will take off points. So what I did, you know, I, I had a few weeks worth of exercise and I would just flip flop the exercises. I would switch the places for the day so that the routine would be different in order to get away with it. Because otherwise, you know, I would just get points taken off and I wasn't like that. But I got to admit, you know, as bad as that was. I think we all tried. I tried for the first week to stay in shape, to continue exercising. But yet, it was so difficult without the social environment, you know? Because when you're in the gym, when you're in weight training with your boys, and you're both pumping the iron, or, you know, you're doing curl-ups, or, I mean, not curl-ups, uh, pull-ups, and they're motivating you, and you're motivating them, and you're pushing each other to go to the limit, like, competing... Like, that's the best feeling ever. And then to just, like, remove that. You're sweaty. You're at home. You, your mom's like, what the hell are you doing? You stink. And it's like, well, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, it's it's so awkward. It's so awkward to uh, exercise in front of family. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't believe I went through the entire high school experience with never taking weight training. Really? Oh, I never out. took weight training. I always, except for the one semester where we had to take health, I always had gym. You know, there's some people who I know who like always had weight training. And, you know, I consider them to be the luckiest people ever. Really? How? Okay. So why would you say you loved weight training so much more than, than gym? You know, gym is fun because you get to do sports. You know, you have your classmates that you compete but there's, I've always been the one to be stuck with a non-competitive team. And that my competitive spirit was just crushed. You know, I would be like, but they could have gotten it. They could have hit the ball. Well, why didn't they go for it? And it's just they don't care. And uh, demoralizing. Mm -hmm. I'm also not very good at sports. You know, I enjoy playing basketball. But I obviously, you know, you know, you know, Felix, I'm not that good at it. But weight training, you know, it's pure exercise. You know, you don't need to be, there's the same competitiveness, but it's not, you don't have teammates in that sense. It's all, we're all competitors pushing each other forward. So it's kind of collaborating. And like I said, you, you it's much more social, I feel like, because you don't have to be guarding anyone up. You can still have a conversation while you're exercising. So it's a great way of bonding with those. I had a, my own groups of like juniors who are now seniors that we used to all exercise and when we used to run we used to like really run like full-on sprint to the end of the hallway and back and that was great that was amazing so much fun mm -hmm. we were all out of breath and just like trying to recover but we were in it together so it's a camaraderie that sounds, that sounds interesting yeah, yeah yeah i'm so i'm sorry you never got to experience it i guess uh the administration never favored you i mean i i personally was okay with it well i think Weight training, I probably would have had some fun in the class. I was a very big fan of gym, especially just because um, 
we you know we'd play two sports we'd play volleyball and we'd play basketball i think maybe there was a year or two where we played european handball remember uh, when we tried oh, out oh, rugby we played, uh, i see i never did rugby. oh my god i was and that and that's another crazy thing that i missed and i'm sure you'd love to tell stories about that because i know there are some crazy stories about that but um the semester where they tried rugby i was in health Mm. so i never experienced rugby you missed out on uh well i i wouldn't say you missed that much on yourself if you tried playing uh you would have you know gotten injured heavily because i i definitely would have tried oh yes for sure and failed miserably now let me tell you i still remember i think we were freshmen at that point right Mm -hmm. all right so you know i i'm a decently tall fellow and, you know, I'm still a freshman, so obviously the, the seniors and juniors, they're all much taller than me. So just seeing these giants go out in the field and just running and tackling each other, like, weren't we supposed to, like, grab them, right? Like, like, like put our two hands on them in order to get the, I, I feel like we, you just, they just wanted us to, like, lightly put our two hands on them. But, you know, it's at a fast pace and no one is doing that. So more so we're just tackling them with uh, the forward momentum of our hands. And mm-hmm. I just remember the tallest person there, the most athletic guy there, going down, like hitting the floor and just not getting up. Like he was, really? you know, the, 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 the Peter, the Peter meme where it's like, ah, ah, we're just going back and forth with his knee. That, that was that guy. Uh, and they had to get like, they had to get the wheelchair for him, you know, like, like an office chair that they used as a wheelchair to get into the nurse's <laughs> office because he just could not walk. Wow. Yeah. Not fun. I remember seeing on Snapchat, the guy who like broke his fingers. Oh, I forgot about that. Do you have any context to that story? No, I just remember me like bending my pinky backwards. Ooh, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think the ball probably hit him in the wrong way, or like maybe he got ah, I think he got tackled in the wrong way, and it's just like his hand was probably he was trying to catch himself while falling, and you know his hand might have just gotten crushed in in the absolutely worst <laughs> manner. Oh. Uh. So, anyways, nothing parents would d- definitely complain about and cancel the sport. Everything's good. Tip, tip, Tirio. All good. Tip, tip, cheerio. You know, continue the sports, obviously. Uh, no. <laughs> I just, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed gym. Uh, we, we would always start with volleyball. And I was pretty bad at volleyball at first. But towards the end of high school, I became pretty decent. At least in the school spirit way. Um, then we played basketball. Obviously, that was my favorite unit. Um, and yeah, basketball was fun. Though... Playing with competitive people is interesting because, okay, so in our school, there weren't too many basketball players because the most popular sport was soccer. Everybody loves soccer. So naturally, playing basketball, uh, you know, people like me and you and other friends would have a, a more competitive advantage because we play basketball more than the average person at our school. But they were still extremely competitive, which means... They did not care what they did to you as long as they could win. Oh, yeah. Things got physical real fast. Oh, yeah. I've, I am the nerdiest guy as it gets. And I've almost gotten into fights with dudes much more athletic and bigger than me during games of basketball. I don't Likewise. know what it is. Like, like something just awakens your fighting spirit and you're like, mm-hmm. I am not taking this. This is... This is like some disrespect that I just cannot take. And, you know, you start getting more aggressive. I personally like started, but I'm not that heavy. And there would be a much heavier guy pushing me around. And, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put everything into pushing my body <laughs> and not and trying to knock him over because I was not taking it. You know, I, I, I'm yeah. sure you had a similar experience because we're both like not the heaviest dudes. Our weight is distributed equally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i've definitely been there like um like i'm sorry to say this but it must have looked like they must have been playing some like we bowling from from the audience (laughs) perspective because we're just like some long pins and they're just knocking us down 
Wait. Oh, that's a good <laughs> that's a good comparison. Oh my god. Anyways, continue, continue. Oh yeah, like I've definitely had bloody noses, bruises, broken glasses, all the sort. And the worst the worst was the glasses. You know? The worst. You don't want to mess you don't want to mess with glasses. There's been people that like, you know, their glasses drop to the ground and then someone isn't looking and they just stomp and you hear a crack and everyone Ooh. stops. Ooh. Yeah, everyone stops Ooh. and they look. Cause they know. Fuck. Like you no one wants to hurt another person's glasses. Glasses are expensive. Like unless they're insurance, mm-hmm. you know? But like usually it's really bad and it takes so long to repair and like replace a pair of glasses. So the person's just like out of commission. Their eyesight, gone. Mm-hmm. I definitely had times in school where that's happened and for the next like, you know, week or so, however long it'd take for me to get some new lenses, um, I would I just be in class and using my phone camera and zooming in onto the board to look at what was happening, <laughs> which is or there was one time where just straight up one of my lenses was out, but I had the other lens still in place. So I just still wore the glasses. You just had a monocle. And I just have to, I bet it was basically a monocle. You just close one eye <laughs> and you're like, mm, yes, is that a X squared plus B squared is equal to C squared? <laughs> yes, yes. Mm, yes. Mm. That was, yeah, the school was an interesting time. Yeah, very interesting. And then, you know, COVID had to hit and all that fun joy is all now that- gone. All the happy memories, you know. Now we we appreciate them. We appreciate them, even though at the time we were very much so peeved. We look back with fondness now, because uh, they're mean, funny stories. They're funny memories. They're podcast they moments. And and thankfully, you know, if COVID ever lets up, I've heard that uh, some some people in my college, you know, they they would invite me to the courts, and I'm sure, you know. We've we've improved past that point in in uh, basketball that we know per, to respect personal boundaries, mm-hmm. and it'll be much more fun without having to risk getting stomped on. <laughs> yeah, I have a personal yeah, experience with that. Not the stomping part, but uh, that part doesn't sound fun. But the whole you playing on the courts. Felix, do you remember when I lost my big toe? My big oh, toenail. The... Oh, mm-hmm. tell that story. Tell uh-huh. that story. Well, you see, uh, Felix and I, we enjoyed playing basketball. So we would meet up over the summer to play with our friends. You know, it's much more, it's much less rough than uh, playing in, you know, a high school gym or in a public school. So we just meet up in a local park. We would sometimes, you know, play with the locals, the randoms who would just join and want to play. Uh, but most often we played with our, amongst ourselves. And I'm uh, I'm waiting there for a rebound. And my friend had just jumped. And, you know, I wasn't looking where they were going to land. I, I wasn't expecting him to get so close to me. And so their foot just ends up going through my running sneakers, which, you know, don't have the most defense. And it's just all focused on the big toenail. And, you know, after that, I had a little bit of difficulty walking. I didn't think much about it. But it hurt. I knew it hurt. And when I got home, I took it off. My big toenail was purple. You know, not <laughs> not not good. But I'm just thinking, yeah, I'll walk it off. It'll be fine. Over the next couple of days, it just gets more and more dark. Uh, and eventually, it just gets to the point where like it just falls off, and I had to completely. You literally it. walked it off. I literally walked it off. Yeah, and it's just like from the beginning, from the first layer. Like, like 3D, my body 3D printed out a whole new nail. And, like, it's fine now, thankfully. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's something. That's something. My mother, she did not want me to continue playing sports after that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, there was so many injuries with sports. Um, so, on the, on, to get back to school, remote school. And all that. We talked about high school. Talked about college. Transition. When we had to transition. After our subpar online graduation. 
of high school. It was just the Microsoft slideshow. Like, don't even call it subpar. It was not even a graduation. <laughs> after, Legit. After watching a, a PowerPoint presentation. There we go. <laughs> Might as well have been. Um, And we had to transition into college. Walk me through... Walk me through your thoughts. Walk me through how it was going once high school was over and we were in that summer where we had to start making that transition. Remotely, uh, of course, through COVID. You know, obviously. You go through the five states of stages of grief, you know. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And then just make that realization that, wow, I'm not a high schooler anymore. And for me, I started caring a little bit more about how I looked how I dress, like I would look on Pinterest and, you know, look up YouTube, just like fashion tutorials. Um, you know, even even my teeth, honestly, like I bought one of those like whitening strip packs from Colgate. But most importantly of all, and something I'm still working on is I started caring a lot more about my hair. Because in quarantine, obviously, we couldn't really see our barbers as often as we did before. So I started growing it out for the first time in my life. And I discovered that, hey, I have curly hair, but never curls. Yeah. But never in my life was I ever taught of how to take care of my hair. Like for context, I'd had a buzz cut up until like freshman year of high school. And even then I only grow like one to two inches max until I would shave it again. So I found myself in a position where I had to, you know, first of all, recuperate my dried hair and then find out how to take care of the curls and i'm still finding out but i've done a pretty decent job callum can tell you yeah callum being you <laughs> you know what uh, you know i'm sure i'm sure he could tell us i i could tell you you know what let me tell you they look amazing <laughs> they do they, they do. do they oh do my like God. when they, you, when i take care of them you guys my need God. to see his curls one day. Now, do you, who, who needs a face review? We need a curl review, Callum. I mean, Corpse. He did a he did a strand reveal. You know, he went live. I went and went like on Twitter. You know, everyone was talking about only strands when they saw a strand of his hair. Um, only I, strands. Only yeah, that was the that was the hashtag. They were using only strands to appreciate his one strand of hair. But then again, they also freak out when he releases like voice clips of him breathing. So you know what? That's to be expected. That's to be accepted. But my God, I have like, I I have good hair, and I just never knew it. That you do. You have that amazing hair. And then I've also, you know, oh. tried to develop a sense of fashion. Um, which, if you can imagine it, it's basically IT employee. You know, I work at an IT company. Is like the look. I'm guess I'm going for just like nice button ups. Perhaps like suspenders, sweaters, sweater vests. Like that's the look I, I I want to go for, and that's something I'm you know still working out on. But it's just been a lot of you know self reflection, including you know my daily routine and changes that I wanted to make to towards it in order to feel more like an individual. Because most mm-hmm. most days you know. In high school, we spent doing things that, you know, we had to or there were a few there were more things that we obviously enjoyed in high school, like meeting up after school, going to clubs. And that just sort of disappeared from that transition. So there was just this gap and it was just, you know, wake up, you know, eat, take a shower, sleep and repeat. And so Mm -hmm. we had to find something to fill that gap. And I started going more towards the arts. I started singing more. I tried drawing again. And I'm still trying to find out hobbies that make me feel more in tune with myself and just like recharge my energy so that I feel more motivated to wake up in the mornings because, you know, or else I'll wake up like 3 p.m. and have the whole day gone. What about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, the style thing, you know, because I, I, I see myself going in the same direction, you know, that nerdy, preppy IT look. And let me just say... If high school me knew that that's the direction I wanted to take my style, he would not believe it because <laughs> it was the exact opposite in high school. In high school, and even now, I still have a lot of respect for the style. I just don't rock it as much. I was very into streetwear. 
I streetwear was like almost one of my passions. I loved, you know, I would go to malls and stores and just just look at streetwear and just be like, wow, those are some cool pants or that's a cool jacket. Or those are some cool shoes. Those are some cool Jordans. Um, and that's that's what I would wear. Me and I'm sure a lot of our friends also. Not I'm sure, but I know that we were into super. We were super into streetwear. We still and are. Now, yeah, like it hasn't died completely. Like I still love the um, the sneakers. The sneakers have always been my favorite part. And every now and then I'll dabble into what are some new hype releases, but. I found myself more like going into that preppy look and wanting to, you know, wear some wear some chinos and a sweater vest and a button up under. I never thought in my life I would have been like, you know, what are some shoes I want? I want some loafers. (laughs) I want some Chelsea boots like never in my mind would I have thought that that's what I wanted. But that's that's the way that I'm going. And honestly, I think it's. It's a sign of growth. It's a sign of maturity. You know, that streetwear era, you know, very much showed off the, um, you know, us being kids, us having fun, us being a little reckless, us being, you know, just not not caring too much about life and just having fun, just having fun and enjoying ourselves. And it was great for the era. And now that I'm seeing myself mature a little bit and focus more on what I prefer academically and career-wise i think it's very symbolic that my style is now changing to that more preppy look yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm not gonna show up to campus looking like goku drip (laughs) goku drip what are some like if if you don't mind putting you on the spot right now but what are some youtubers who you watch for like fashion advice because I'm looking right now. I'm looking at my YouTube uh, subscribers, so, uh, YouTube subscribed, like the the people I watch, in order to find out, want to share it out. Maybe we can exchange. You know, maybe, mm. perhaps. Do you do you mean modern or do you mean what I used to back when I preferred streetwear? No, like now. Uh, I'll go first. I watch Tim Desant, Desaint. I don't know how to say it. It seems a little French. But he's, you know, he's the type that you said, you know, he gives casual winter outfits to talk about how fit he gives fall outfits. And, he, he, you know, he gives like affordable outfits that we could put together from Uniqlo or just like any nice streetwear. And uh, I'm just inspired by him. He talks, he, he gives, he gives like foundations, you know, like colors. He He's much more the type to wear uh, like brown and khaki. So like more mm-hmm. for more neutral things, but he also you know he knows when to have a statement piece. So I've just styled my my wannabe style after after him, honestly. Mm-hmm. I have I have two main YouTubers, and they're probably some of the biggest in in the whole like men's clothing and style industry. Um. One of them being Alpha M. Oh, he's been he's been great. He's he's uh, you know he he teaches a lot of very traditional style, which I like. You know your traditional like your traditional manly style. You know maybe a leather jacket, maybe a nice a nice tight buttoned up, and some some good jeans, and some loafers. You know that kind of stuff. And he he's very good. You know, he teaches a lot of stuff outside of clothing, too. Like, he teaches a lot of hairstyling. And him, I believe he's Italian. I believe and, so. Uh, I've watched... I used to watch him. Yeah. So, him having straight hair has definitely been a help to me. Even though we like to style ours very differently. Um, it's been It's been very interesting to see him talk about products. I remember he did a video where he styled... He styled his hair with pharmacy products. And I love that video because it's extremely relatable because that's what I had available to me. And yeah, and especially with the recent haircut that we've got that like kind of opened me up to a new hairstyle, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. He's definitely going to be a big help. And then the other one that I sometimes watch is teaching men's fashion. 
This sounds very literal. With, uh, <laughs> it, hmm, I wonder what it's about. I wonder. It's um, it's hosted by this guy called Jose Zuniga, and he he's the same way. He's kind of like a younger Alpha Alpha M, but the difference, I, the main difference with him is that I assume because he's younger, he incorporates a lot of modern. He started to incorporate a lot of modern trends into his style videos. So for in the beginning, he'd only stick to classic men's essentials. You know, like your your boots, your loafers whatever they are i have no idea but you know now he he still sticks with that main style but every now and then he'll like mix that with a pair of jordans or like a pair of off-whites and it'll be really it'll be really interesting and so those are two people that i definitely like look up to now style wise to try to get to that little smarter look mm-hmm I'm I'm looking at teaching men's fashion. He's been going for eight years. Mm-hmm. Like oh, wow, yeah. you can see his like his videos slowly like upgrading. I I see exactly what you're talking about. Where he started with like you know the classic the the classics with the flannel button up and then suits, but then he switches it up with like a field jacket. Wow, you know what? I'm gonna subscribe to him. This yeah, is not he's an great. ad. <laughs> it's not, it's say, not an ad. This is not an ad. This is just though I will say their their videos are riddled with ads sometimes. But you know, more power to them cuz oftentimes they while they are sponsored in I would say pretty much every video they do. Their their sponsorships are usually really good and their products are very good. So, you know, as fun as fun as it is to meme on it, they actually do genuinely share good products that I'm sure would benefit our style and our lives greatly so overall they're an amazing resource if we could afford them (laughs) yeah yeah all right all right but yeah they're they're great they're amazing resources for style for men so you've previously alluded to it before but very recently we got our first haircut well i got my first haircut since like october our first haircut of our lives our first haircut no um since october i've like been growing my hair right now i went to a hairstylist for the first time instead of like the typical mom and shop like corner store corner like barber shop that i went to my typical dominican Mm -hmm. barber shop i'm gonna say that uh i went to like a more professional hairstylist and it was uh, an an interesting and very fun experience. Would you like to talk about it? Oh yeah. So, for some context, what this place was, it's it's basically a cosmetology school. So they have students every year going to that school, being taught how to cut hair, how to style hair, all that good stuff. So we have we have a connection there, and they they put us on. They're like, hey. The students are taking appointments for haircuts. And we were like, oh, you know, might as well. Before this experience, I had done it once before at the same place. And I had an amazing time. Obviously, it was pre-COVID, so it was a little bit better than what could they want, than what they could have given us now. But it was still great. So we took up the opportunity. And I especially promoted Callum to go. Because I know he's been on kind of a hair and style journey right now. Seeing how to style it what products he should use, what kinds of hair things that he should be looking for. So I'm glad that he did it. Yeah, thank you. Really, thank you for taking me because I've just been growing it out all wild style. And I was curious, like, maybe maybe if it was different, maybe I should, like, you know, get a fade on the side. And then I went to the place and they're like, your hair is beautiful just the way it is. Like... I, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to shave off the sides and I'm going to go for that. But they they just like were really in love with my hair and how it looked naturally. So they just shaped it. Your hair is amazing naturally. How many times do we need to tell oh you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Calm down. I will shove it down your throat. Uh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Felix. But uh, no, and I got to ask a lot of hair questions. Uh, I want I got... I'm going to be recommended a list of hair products, but basically my routine is pretty much spot on for now. I've been taking care of it. The only thing I'm annoying, the only annoying aspect of having curls is, uh, you know, sometimes they only really last you for a day. And then overnight, it just like frizzes up and turns to like a crazy afro. 
Um, mm-hmm. But like I found I've, I'm, I'm finding ways to mitigate that using a silk pillow or a silk bonnet can help. And I'm going to invest in that. But anyways, anyways, you know, take it away, Felix. So we went there. We got our cuts. They were great. And what what I loved about them is that since they knew style, whenever like we'd make a suggestion like how you wanted to get a fade and they saw like it wouldn't look good or you could do something better, like they'd let you know. They'd be like, eh, you know, you could do that or you could do this much better option that we're going to do for you so that way you look fabulous. Because I definitely had moments where I'm like, hey, maybe I should get a fade or maybe I should cut this this way or whatever it is. And they're like, nah, this would be so much better for you. And I'm like, word. So they do it. <laughs> turns out they're right. It turns out they're right. It's almost as Who if they're going to thought? school for it. The professionals know what they're doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> but like at, at, at a local barbershop, like it's, it's hard to find people that passionate, that genuinely care. You know, they're. A lot of them are just there to get their money, get their tips, and, you know, head out. Yeah, for sure. Especially if, like, you've so only been there going there for, like, a few months, you know? If they're your childhood barber, might be a little bit of a different story. Yeah, you might have a more personal connection with them. No, but, yeah. Um, extremely valuable experience. I'm I'm so happy I went and afterwards we got to go to some Shake Shack for the first time. Oh yeah, Shake Shack was amazing. I mean, let me just preface this in saying it was Callum's first time. I'm a Shake Shack veteran. <laughs> Shake uh, Shack connoisseur. Oh yeah, Shake Shack is amazing. For anyone that's tried it, you know what I'm talking about. For anyone that hasn't tried it, you simply haven't lived your life up to this point at all. And I feel genuinely sorry for you. I mean, it tasted amazing. It's just like, it hurts the wallet just a little bit compared to like, you know, McDonald's. I'll give you that. Or it's Wendy's. a little expensive. It's a little expensive. But you get what you're paying for. You honestly do. You honestly do. Uh, what did we, we have? I had we had the, the, the shack stack. Yeah, the shack stack with the with the both like a patty and like the the mushroom patty. The fried mushroom with the, I think it was Gouda cheese or something like that inside. It was, it was amazing. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God. That, that mushroom. I don't know what about it, but it was so, it was so good. I had, before that, I had the, um, the burger that's just the mushroom patty without the beef. And while it still is good, it, it's definitely missing that classic beef flavor that you expect from a burger. Mm-hmm. So... Having the shack stack where the um, the mushroom patty just becomes an add on to the beef, it was it was a perfect combination of flavors and texture too. Oh my god! Mindfulness review Shake Shack. Uh, insider mindfulness uh, information, I guess. When when coming up with this podcast, my initial idea was making it a fast food based podcast. Yeah, let's just say that uh, that didn't fare well because my own experience is lacking and funds are lacking too. So it's not like we're going to hit up different places across like New York and, you know, let's go to Texas, try out some Texas fast food. And let's compare. go to L.A. for in and out. Oh, my God. No, it's not like that. And we just found this to be like a much more relatable and, you know, personally invested uh, topic that we could talk about. Anyways, back to the burger i think one of the strongest like aspects that's going for is texture you know like Mm -hmm. lettuce like like lettuce tomato like they're fine but then you have the crispiness of the top layer of the mushroom patty and then like you know you go through and it's soft and squishy and then you have like the the taste the classic taste of the of the burger of the patty itself like the beef patty and you know Compared to other fast food restaurants, it has just a lot more flavor. And, like, the juices just mix together into, like, this strong umami. I don't know if I'm using mm-hmm. correctly. But you, you take a bite, and especially because of, like, the cheesy goodness inside of the mushroom patty, the whole inside of the burger just kind of all mushes together with that cheesiness kind of being the glue. And it's it's great. It's such a good experience. And I tried the 50-50 for the first time. 
which How was, was an amazing drink. It was, I believe, a, I believe it's a mix of half iced tea and half lemonade. And it was, I will order it almost every time I go to Shake Shack now. You know what? Shake Shack, please sponsor us. <laughs> please. You know, guys, Shake Shack is very mindful. Of course. Shake Shack is the most mindful. Mindful oh, yeah. of their flavors. Mindful of the time. Because honestly, it's like it's like an actual restaurant. I have a difficult time calling it fast food because, you know, it was intermediate. Moderate time. speed. <laughs> moderate speed. It was a moderate speed. And it, you know what is outstanding flavor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then um, and then our friend had the chicken shack. Chicken shack is amazing. Callum, next time you go, I definitely recommend you get the chicken shack. Next um, time, it is it is amazing. Just because it's like they don't mess around with the chicken. You just have a huge chunk of delicious chicken. Okay. And okay. um, and it tastes very. It tastes very. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it has just a like a seasoning to it. That you don't get with a lot of fast food chicken sandwiches. And it's amazing. I think it's the sauce. I think it's whatever sauce. Maybe it's mayo mixed with something. That's what I would assume it is. Hmm. But it's very unique. It tastes amazing. That's why our friend got it and devoured it. It was great. <laughs> he ate that in like the first 15 seconds. Oh yeah. I don't blame him. Chicken shock is great. And the um, the crazy thing is that we ate this. We ate this in the city. And... We it was outdoor dining, and that was the first time where I've experienced outdoor dining and actually like eating and socializing, sitting down without a mask on. Likewise, in COVID, which is it was so it was so interesting. It felt so wrong, yeah. you know, when because we're Callum and I have always been very good about masking up and you know respecting COVID, so. To have a moment where we're still outside, we're still exposed to it, but we're using the outdoor dining experience as an excuse to just kind of not care. Yeah, and and it wasn't even like, you know, there were borders between the tables or like the, the, the space was enclosed. No, it was like super windy day. You know, our hands were freezing as we tried to. Our hands were freezing. Yeah, We were eating in the like cold extreme wind. The most frigid We had air. to like, we had to like weigh our stuff down because if we didn't, our bags and food would have straight up flown away. Like at one point, I think uh, Felix had to take a break from eating just to warm up his hands in order to continue eating again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, those fries are so good. But I was like, if I continue eating these fries and now without warming up my hands, my my fingers will be as crispy as these fries. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like the skin will just crack. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, eh, it was alright, but the food itself was great. But it was it it felt so wrong to eat outdoors and be completely exposed to the outside world the same way we were when walking around, but not have a mask on because we were eating. How do people do it? How do people just walk around without their mask anymore? Like, I, I was know. walking maybe, home. Maybe they've already gotten COVID and they don't care. But still, you can get it again. And if not, like, you can, I'm sure you can still transmit it to other people. Like, Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Bro, I was walking home and I saw, like, more than anything on my walk home, you know, parents had masks, but their children were not wearing masks. So many kids. I. It makes me wonder... Is it the kids that don't want to wear them, or is it the parents not caring? I have no idea. Either way, it like should be the reverse. You should be taking care and protecting your child more than like your own life. Like, what? It's it's interesting because to give those parents the benefit of the doubt, not not defending their behavior though, their kids may be throwing a fuss about wearing masks, and I don't know what it's like because I haven't experienced like you know raising a little kid during this pandemic and i'm sure it's extremely difficult being a parent during this pandemic yeah. to to a young kid especially because imagine like at that age of being so young that's you getting used to the world and learning what the world is like and instead of learning what the world is like normally you're normal you're the all you know about life as a whole is covid which is interesting because now, since they're being born into COVID and they're being raised with COVID, 
if this virus eventually goes away, them not masking up, them not social distancing, and them not worrying is going to be a first time for them in their entire lives. I mean, to be fair, you know, we're talking about more so toddlers. It's not like, ah, yes, I remember when I was six months old and the horrible pandemic completely oh, yeah. altered my <laughs> life, you know? like. <laughs> but I, I mean, like the, you know, the six, seven, eight-year-olds, you know? Yeah, and if they're not masking up in the street, like whether it be, you know, concerns over asthma or, you know, them throwing a tantrum, what can we expect that's going on in elementary schools right now? You know? Oh my god, I know definitely if like let's say let's say I went into a classroom and like we all had cool masks designs like yo, you want to trade? Yo, trade, trade, trade. I got the the creeper mask on my face. I, I but I really like your drip Goku mask like yo, trade. <laughs> school school in general is a crazy experience during COVID-19. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like being a middle schooler right now because middle school i i don't know for me it was one of the hardest like mental health years like like in order to just manage my happiness between all the mm -hmm. hormones going crazy and like academics for the first time like actually taking effort or maybe even not that much but still it felt like it at the time i yeah yeah it's a concerning it's a concerning time so to be growing up and like really coming of age at that time. That's that's the funny thing about like middle school and even high school now that we're out of it looking back. Like the problems that we experience sometimes were very minuscule or were very stupid in nature, as we've talked about before with our friends. But in the moment of being in it, it's your life. It's everything. Because it's all you know. For sure, junior year of high school was hyped up to be, like, one of the toughest years ever. Like, you know, SAT, this is the year college, colleges look at, and, you know, and then came college admissions. And then that became the next thing because there were so many essays to write. Our writing was not up to par to this college level, and we had to quickly evolve our writing styles, you know, constantly just rewriting, rewording, uh applying to as much opportunities as we can and now it's back to college again and you know for some people there's still that aspect of writing um especially with scholarships but then you know we take the us as engineers we take the high level math courses and we're like wow and i thought ap calc was hard you know <laughs> yeah for sure for sure i'm definitely taking some upper level writing and reading courses this semester, which is not what I'm used to. My bread and butter is STEM, but you know, let's, let's see how it goes. I'm hoping, hoping for the best. Yeah, of course. By the time we get to, you know, Calc three, we'll be like, Psh, that was baby stuff. Oh yeah. I'm sure once we get to Calc three, we're going to be like, yo, we stressed over Calc one. I remember when there were letters and numbers in Calc. Now it's just... I remember when all we had to do was take the derivative of 2x. Ah, my God. Easy times. Easy times. Ah, my God. We'll see. Well, hopefully, you'll accompany us on that journey as we go further into the school year, as we overcome our struggles, and as we just attempt to be more mindful of our surroundings. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we talked about the transition from high school to college academically, socially, with our style, with how we felt about ourselves, with our memories and stories and friends. And the, the great thing about us starting this at the age that we're at now is that we still have so much more to go. We still have so many more of these transitions, even just even in college itself, excluding the world outside of college. And hopefully through this podcast, we'll be able to document how those transitions feel. And to anybody listening can relate to us about those transitions or maybe even talk about your own experiences transitioning with us. You know, the world is big. Life is big. And we still have so much more to experience. Well said. That being said, 
thank you for reaching the end of episode two of mindfulness let's have a good time at episode three any (laughs) finishing words felix uh you know what i don't think we burned the milk let's let's keep the milk boiling uh (laughs) this this has been mindfulness i've been your co-host felix and i've been your co-host calum and thank you for being mindfulness with us